Hey, what's going on, man? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheDen.com. Um, welcome to the Straight Out The Den podcast. Today, I'm actually not in the house. I'm gonna take these headphones off because I'm getting a, a delay. Um, we're not, we, I, I'm, at, at, I'm trying to figure out even how to start this interview. It's kind of weird. Like This is the first time, like the closest to family that I got um on the podcast and so as you know i'm trying to think like okay how will we formulate this to have a conversation and i don't sound like it's an interview you know what i'm saying <laughs> um but oh if you listen to this on soundcloud like please like you see right up under there like when you hit play right up under there it says subscribe on itunes please go and do that subscribe on itunes rate the podcast we need you to do that um you know we live in a different world right now where like you know you can get stuff from everywhere but people want to see stuff on itunes and they want to see stars and ratings so please go to itunes and subscribe and then continue listening on soundcloud that's cool too but just go to subscribe on itunes um today we like i said i'm not even i'm not in the den i'm in uh another studio at one of my 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 best of best homeboys um I don't know what my seven. <laughs> it was like we. It, it's so many different titles. My my old roommate, my college roommate, my first apartment roommate. Like like we go we go way back since um oh two. But help me welcome Grammy nominated producer Ace Harris to what's the up? podcast. What's, what's up, going what's on, up? bro? Hey, nothing much, man. Just you know, life, life, wife, life, wife, <laughs> God and music. There you go. I hear it. That, that that's the a perfect way to sum it up, man. Um, you know, like I said, I'm trying to figure out how to even go about this podcast like this. You know what I mean? Like, um, considering the history. You know yeah, what I mean? So absolutely. I think I want to just start at the beginning. You know what I mean? I want to take us back to Georgia State University. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, 2002, um, walk into my dorm room, and uh, can we say the government? Is the government okay? <laughs> w. Harris, we're going to do that. W. Harris. I'm like, who is this guy? I swear to you, the whole time, like, me and my homeboy, Corey, we're looking at our... Um, <laughs> We're looking at our our uh, invitation. What is it like our acceptance letter? Yeah, acceptance you know, letter for the for the, for the room village. assignment. Yeah, for the, for the room and assignment. I was like, all right, so we got like C Upperman, and we got W Harris, and I was like, all right, so we we gonna see what this is about. Like we two, you know, dudes from Macon, <laughs> and you know what's in Macon. So it was like we we different from from everything else. So we come up here and, and like we walk in, and it's this uh, skinny. <laughs> Tall skinny dude, like I think you were beating on something, dude. I don't even know what it was. Like maybe you were playing some beats early on. And I was like, okay, like me being a you know a producer, I walk in, so I'm already amped. I'm like, okay, so this is not the typical college experience. It's not like I thought I was gonna have like some square roommates. I was like, okay, this is not the you know definitely not the case. So like we hit it off immediately. Um, find out that he's a producer. Um, and you know working with a lot of local talent and you know blah 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 it goes on like we we all get close like you know the seven like we we, we brothers for real and you know i'm trying to think what's one of the first things i remember hearing you produce um it probably was a song you and Mo did, like at uh. Oh yeah, the newbie, the calendar joint. Some yeah, some type of they had like a newbie and calendar or something like that at um Georgia State, and I remember that 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 was dope. Then the college mixtape, yeah, the college yeah, mixtape, yeah. and um, just just classic stories, man. But you know, I want for the people that don't know you, um, like how did production come? You know what I mean? Like come to your life, basically. Mm, I feel like. I, I grew up in a family. Um, I was introduced to music because I grew up in the church, mm -hmm. pastor kid. And my oldest brother, Wilter, he's a, he was a keyboard player for the church. So okay. early on, I was intrigued by music. And he showed me a few chords and encouraged me to pursue the piano. But I was more interested in the drums. So I, I, I kind of just learned my little three chords and then moved on to the drums and was playing drums in the church at like seven years old. So dope. So by like high school, um, a cousin of mine, her then boyfriend, now husband, was kind of like saw my talent or whatever, and he gave me like a thousand dollar keyboard. And oh, we're gonna we're gonna get into yeah, the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that kind of set it off. That set it off, man. So speaking of the keyboard, dude, like I never forget, man. Um, 
the Korg i3. Genius. Like, this dude, man, I'm telling you, like, when... One thing I can say about Ace, like, for real, for real, like, all jokes aside, it was like, you know, coming from making, I thought I was a producer, right? And I and I get to college, and this dude cranking out beats every day, and I was like, yo, man, I got some work to do. Like, I mean, it wasn't a day that went by where we can walk past the dorm room and something was playing, whether you were just playing around on some keys or, you know, a beat was playing that you had worked on all night. You know, something was going on the whole time. And, um, you know, it was that Korg I3, man. I'm at, like, you know, I listened to, to some of the records, um... Like I think like one of the life early records I, I can't remember the feel uh, good feel good yeah, yeah. The feel good um, all of those records man just the sound that that core got three really had a, a a unique sound to it you know it kind of had like a hollow feel to it too yeah. it, it wasn't as yeah it wasn't um, really great for the drums no no the drums but like some of the other sonics on it was just you know mm -hmm. it was just a unique sound um, so yeah you know your cousin he got you the uh, the keyboard and then what happened after that. Well, um, he got me the keyboard, and um, I basically was just, like, I knew I wanted to do beats in ninth grade when um, my other brother, um, he basically, I think there was a Hard Knock Life um, album was out in 98, and I heard Jigga Who, Jigga What, mm. and I heard that beat, and I was like, in fact, I was in love with that beat. I was like, I was like, it was, it was like possessed me. So I like studied every sound in that beat and went home and remade it on the Core Guy mm. Three. Cause at that point, I was like, I remember riding in the back of my brother's car while the, that song was playing. I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want, yeah. I want to do whatever this guy Timbaland is doing. <laughs> so and, and Timbaland is one of your favorite producers, right? Absolutely. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It's it's something about that sound, man. That unique sound of Timbaland. And what he did, you know, um, feels like, I don't know, he always knows how to replicate, you know, or not replicate, but he he knows how to reinvent himself mm -hmm. all the time, but still stick to true to who mm -hmm. he is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, one of my earliest memories, dude, um, was from that college mixtape. Um, and it was it's a couple of artists on there. I don't even know what some of them are doing now, but... I remember just the involvement of that, and this had to be around maybe our what sophomore year of college or something like that. Sophomore year, yeah, yeah, sophomore year, sophomore year, and it's just the buzz that you guys had on campus. It was like you guys were the producers of the campus. You know what I mean? Like everybody knew what was going on, and to do this college mixtape, you know, it, it really caught on. And you know, doing shows, um, you know, at the plaza and ooh even wee. shows, yeah, <laughs> the ooh wee record. Um, and oh man, what, what was the dude? What was his name? I forgot. Um, Gumbo. It was I know Juice Man. Gungo, Gumbo Juice Man. Bistro, uh, Bistro. Godchild. Godchild. And uh, Assassin. Assassin. That's the dude. Assassin Man had some crazy flow. I don't know what the dude was up to now. I think actually Godchild released a, a, a record uh, about a month or so ago. Um, but yeah, man, just like to have that buzz on campus like that. And so like, how did you transfer the buzz that you guys had on campus into like? Because we know when it comes to music, there's it's almost two different segments. It's that I know that I want to do music, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that, that growth and that progression of finding your sound. And then there's that crossover of, like, I do music. You know what I mean? So, like, that middle portion is what I'm asking about. Where did you figure out, like, how to transfer, like, man, I got this buzz. People know what I'm doing. They know me for music. But I got to transfer translate this into dollars you know what i mean like yeah. what was that point for you i mean i think i've always said it before there's like there's a difference between making music and making it in music mm -hmm. and i felt like um i was blessed to have some relationships just from just being a, a networker mm -hmm. and being kind of social and i ran into uh, a guy by the name of ray daniels who knew my cousin bonja at the time and he used, they used to manage an artist, Noah, who used to be signed a job a while mm -hmm. back. So through my cousin's relationship to Ray, uh, I, I connected with him. And he, he you know, took a liking to us and started to manage us. And he really opened a lot of doors for us. And he now manages the group Rock City, as you know. Uh, awesome writing team, mm -hmm. awesome artist. So it was just a matter of just seeking out the people in Atlanta that were kind of moving and on the move and trying to align with them. And it was all genuine. It wasn't nothing... It was like, hey, you know, we do music, but how do we exploit our music on a level where we can get money and get paid for it? 
Gotcha. And so it was all about that connection. You know, uh, speaking of Ray, man, I remember the first, um, one of the first encounters that I had with him. I, I think I was with you and we were, um, we were at some studio. I don't even, I think it was like a little small studio. Oh, yeah. Oh, by, across from Stankonia. Yeah, studio. across from Stankonia. Yeah. And it was like, went in there and Ray was like, yeah, man, we're in here working. And at the time, you know, I didn't know who they were, but it was Rock City and uh, um, they were they were in there writing some records. And I'll never forget Tehran. He was like, man, we write for everybody, man. We just writing. Whoever wants these records, they're going to get them. We just going to, you know, keep working, keep working. And like a couple of years went by and, you know, you see where they at now. Um, but, you know, just that, that whole experience for you, um, and, and I know you said we, uh, it used to be, uh, a different production yeah. crew and then you, uh, kind of went out on your own. Like, could you kind of go through that? As yeah. Um, one of my, my best friends, even to this day, a uh, guy by the name of Marlon and his, 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 uh, sidekick name, which he retired, it was Motown. <laughs> <laughs> but Marlon, man, is my homie that we met at Georgia State and, um, I saw a lot of talent in him. So I figured, you know, let's partner up. You know, I, I saw what? Pharrell and Chad did in terms of mm -hmm. each producer having certain skill sets that complement each other. So I just partnered up with Marlon at the time and we, we, we went by the name The Hypnotics and we had that name and we basically, man, we, we, we just grinded, man. Yeah. Like we, there were times we, we, I remember when Vision, the club Vision was, <laughs> was hot in Atlanta. Oh yeah. And we just, me and my marketing degree, somewhat of a marketing degree. No, it's a marketing degree, man. <laughs> I went and printed up T-shirts called We Make Beats. Yeah. And just went around the city, every industry function, every nightclub, anything I can do to let people know what we did. And that opened a lot of doors, too. And mm -hmm. so it put a face to the name and let people know that, you know, this is what we do. We the hypnotics. We make beats. You know, let's try to get our, our music out there. As, as the hypnotics, man, do you remember, like, y'all first... Um... And maybe not major placement, but like first placement that kind of solidified that, you know, we not only make beats, but we really are producing. Um, it was, man, shouts out to this, shouts out to Chubby Baby. Chubby mm -hmm. Baby, real genuine guy. Um, through our relationship through Ray and Rock City, we ran into Chubby Baby, which led us to DJ Infamous. And this was DJ Infamous before the, he was the DJ Infamous that he is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, I guess he saw the Callen model and was trying to put out records with a bunch of collaborations. Mm -hmm. And we did a record with Chubby Baby. And I mean, we didn't know what we was doing. We were yeah. just, he just sought us out. We did like five or six songs. Next thing you know, Chubby Baby got Rick Ross on it. You got Jim Jones on it, Young Dro on it. And it was like a record that was kind of big in the streets. Yeah. And it was just a matter of like, just again, we weren't. We didn't know all that was gonna happen. We were just open to just work working. with anybody, yeah. and that's how it kind of happened. And, and, and you know, um, what this podcast do? Like we, we, our general audience, a lot of underground MCs listen to this, right? And a lot of them are trying to figure out how to make it. And, and I think you just said something very important. Just then, was like, man, we just did the work. You know what I mean? Like we did the work, and however it came out, it came out. Like, but we had a vision. It was like, okay, we're going to use our networking. Let's do the work. And basically, like, you know, just let God out of the rest. You <laughs> know what I mean? It was like, you didn't think that all of those artists were going to hop on a record that you did with Chubby. You know, it was just like, like, he like us. We like him. Let's work. And, you know, the rest of it just kind of happened like that. And I think a lot of times, man, especially in this industry, people are too focused on how to get to point A to point B. And they forget about the, the walk. To, you know what I mean? Like, they forget about that. So it's kind of... That whole time, your mind is so tackled into how am I going to make this happen that you kind of slack on the work end. You Absolutely. know what I mean? So it's like, I think that was important that you said that. Yeah, I think somebody told me this. I don't know who is the author of this quote, but it really really stuck to me. And then it, it, it went, um, fall in love with the process, not just the product. Mm. And I think if you um, you know measure your, your input, without focusing on your output, eventually the output is going to translate into something that, you know, is something that means something. So, yeah, you that, know, just that, fo focus on the process. That, that's real, man. Um, and I really, and you know, I know this, this is like a hip hop podcast, man, but like really that's life in general. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like you just gotta, don't get lost in doing the work. Just like have fun doing the work. You know what I mean? Have and then, fun. You know, I, and I, another quote, since we throwing quotes out there, I do want to, is this one that, um, and I forgot who, who said it as well, but it was like, enjoy the, um, like, find something you love to do, 
And then one day somebody will be crazy enough to pay you for it. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> that's real. Like just do I it. That. You know what I mean? Um, so what, I can't. What, what do we leave off at? It was the, the the chubby baby. So okay. So after that, I know you guys, y'all, y'all eventually. Um, you know, you're working with Ray. You're working with Rock City. Um, I know there was a record on, on their project that they were working on. Um, that y'all guys shot a video for, and I can't think of the name. Um, the, the, the the song they shot a video for, for uh, shot a video for it. was losing, losing it. it yeah. And we did a record called the rhythm. The rhythm at the end. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the rhythm. Yeah. That was a cool look. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that that was MTV. Like, you know what I'm <laughs> it was like he forgot about it. But yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a it was a dope look, man. Like you know, the MTV. Uh, and I just so happened to be at that video shoot, man, just to see that experience of like. Um, how everything comes together you know what i mean and you see where those budgets go to those yeah <laughs> crazy i mean it, it, it was a really good opportunity yeah i mean we didn't produce the single that that was the launch pad for them but yeah. uh since our manager managed them that he made a play with like at the end of the video let's showcase rock city's um you know hip-hop side yeah and there's a record that we did with them that everybody kind of loves so it was cool to at the end of the single we got a little little spotlight yeah saw the music that's kind of cool um so I'm trying to think where are we at now. That roughly like timeline wise, I don't know. That was like maybe like 08, 08, 08. 08. All right, so 09, there's a shift in music, right? Summer 08 was real. Summer 08. So like, let's speak on summer 08. Like what? Man, what happened in your life summer 08 that was kind of? Uh, dropped the album called The Recession. Yeah. And I think whether definitely if you weren't in the music business, but if you were in the music business, that recession affected you mm -hmm. in a real way because we had left our jobs in 2007 to pursue music had a little bit of marginal success and we're moving along but things didn't go as planned a couple front-end payments on some records that never came out so we was short on rent yeah and gas was high we didn't it was it was rough and we had yeah. left our jobs with corporate america to do music so it was just a rough space. Um, luckily, we was able to find a little part-time gig to keep afloat. Mm -hmm. But I think, in hindsight, everything happened for a reason because it was in that moment between 08 and 09 where um, I started to get closer in my faith with God, and that you know that that adversity really kind of kind of broke me and humbled me and let me know that even though I have the gift of music mm -hmm. and the gift of producing music, um, my treasure shouldn't be in fulfilling music for my own personal gain. My treasure should be more so in, you know, uh, being on purpose and, and doing what God wants me to do. So once I kind of surrender that attitude of like, I got to be the biggest producer in the world and start focusing on the music and focusing on my, my purpose, um, I kind of found another niche in yeah. music that was something I didn't expect to be. Yeah, and, and you know, that that's important knowing that, man, because it's kind of like, it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, wanting to be the best. You know what I mean? You want to be the best, and, and and not to mention like this industry, dude. Like we all know, is it's entertainment at the end of the day. But there's so much money that's thrown in people's face, and it's kind of like mm -hmm. when you see that, there it, it's it's hard not to want that. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard not to want that, especially when you know that you're doing something that you love to do, and it's like, of course, you want to get paid from it, but you're looking at it like, man, the potential of how much I could get paid, and so you kind of. You know, we we all know how it is, and you know sometimes studio sessions get crazy. You see things that you, the average person probably won't get an opportunity to see, and then it's like, you have to remember like, oh no, like, <laughs> like I got you know you gotta you gotta kind of have tunnel vision. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so many Absolutely. distractions and so many things that can catch your attention the wrong way, man. Um, and so. I'm trying to bring us up to speed, man, because I know we're we, we short on time, and uh, we're going to try to get in as much as we can today. But um, you said, like, that recession, and, and, and I remember it, like, yesterday, because it was, I think, it's crazy. I think we were all going through that recession around the same time, so you know what I mean? It is, it's just crazy to see the growth in just a couple of years, man. But, um, you know, and you talk about getting closer to God, and, and that kind of led you guys to... to kind of dropping the, the hypnotic and going towards PK. And, you yeah. know, um, yeah. kind of go through that that whole transition, man, you know, from being... Yeah, well, what it was was, you know, the music business, uh, the real-life music business kind of hit me. And, again, I started to grow my faith in God. And then 
you know, uh, opportunity came with me, uh, Marlon, and another friend of mine, Brian Taylor. Um, we still had a love for music, but as we started growing God, we decided, hey, you know what, how about we try making some music with a more positive message? Mm -hmm. Let's not, let me not focus too much on just trying to get placements in the rat race because things had kind of dried up in the business, right? So we made this little song um, that we produced and, you know, kind of rapped on it or whatever. And the next day, um, Brian Taylor got that song that we made on the radio, on the gospel radio. So that was kind of like a sign, like, hey, there's something here. So we basically pursued, um, I don't want to say a Christian group, but it was a, it, we were a, a band that had a, a message of inspiration. And it was, it was kind of similar to what you saw on like a Black Eyed Peas. Mm -hmm. It was like fun, uplifting, pop, but with a hip hop edge and undertones to it. So we basically just, you know what? I know I can produce, but shoot, let's do this artist yeah, thing for a little bit. It. Yeah, so, and, yeah. And you guys had a lot of success with it, man. And, and it's crazy. Um, I remember, I remember thing, and I, I don't know if I ever told you this or not, but I remember like you know you guys as PK, you know, doing all the shows and being on the road, and it was like, to me, it felt like quick. It was very quick. You know what I mean? It was like. <laughs> almost like a couple of months and you guys were just like out there people knew who you were and you know that i guess because that world is such a a smaller world i guess you know what i mean like if you're good enough and people see that you're talented they gravitate towards you and yeah, it's like yeah. you guys kind of like you know you were out there um but the thing i was talking about was what what seemed odd was like you know you guys were grinding um producing for everybody else and then once you started doing music for yourself somebody else came in and then like next thing you know you guys like make Lecrae album and it's like yeah that was that was crazy for me and it's like then to see like to go on to be nominated for a Grammy for that was like dang like you know what I mean yeah. so like talk talk about that a little bit like just kind of being out there in the new world as an artist because you guys never really been an artist like to me Marlon's always been like the for sure artist <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying but he, like he's definitely for real yeah yeah I'm yeah. definitely Chad Hugo <laughs> um now nah, what it was is um, again, we started to pursue music more positive and kind of took a break from doing just any kind of music. Mm -hmm. And as we did that, doors started to open. Um, our music got to Lecrae and we ended up producing three songs on his, his album, Rehab. And this is, at the same time, the reason why he, he even picked the songs that we um, submitted to him, because we had songs as artists, as PK, and we played them for him and he was like, I like these songs. So we just basically took the raps off and we had hooks. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we, we were just always creating songs. That's one thing about us. We were always making songs. So when opportunity came, we kind of had the product. But it wasn't like we were making songs full of crave. Mm -hmm. We just were making songs that we thought were dope, that were positive. And, but our, our production, we felt, was still um, unique compared yeah. to the industry we were trying to get in. So um, that kind of got... It was a it was a great look. He was I mean Reach Records great opened a lot of doors. Yeah. Ended up working with all the artists on the label, and it was just like wow. All this time I was pushing and trying to be <laughs> the biggest you know producer in the world. Once I kind of got my life right and started focusing on more positive music, I got Grammy nominated mm -hmm. for an album I produced on. So it was like really humbling and like a good experience. Yeah, just just to see that. And you know I I know you mentioned like you know Pharrell and Chad earlier. And, you know, doing the positive music. And it's just like, just so happened where, you know, you guys had a, a record. Because I heard the record a long time ago, you know. And then, next thing you know, you see, um, I see this trailer go by for um, Malice. Well, no Malice, excuse me, get the name right. And I'm like, I'm looking at the trailer and I'm hearing like, I know this record. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know this record in the background. And lo and behold, it's like, it's one of y'all records. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, um, now you guys have... A placement on his album you know what i'm saying it's just it's just to see how things were moving like that man and you know how did how did that happen as far as like working with no malice well um shout out to the homie brian taylor he's one third of, uh one half of pk one day um but he's he's always been a part of the group and part of the, my business partner and he's just a hustler he just figured out how to get yeah our music to him <laughs> i think he stalked him on the internet i, I really believe that's how it happened yeah, and I mean, sent him a yeah. bunch of music and he hit us back and then like two years later <laughs> it wasn't even like it, that's, how, that's, that's the thing about the business yeah it don't happen 
once you make that connection, artists go through a lot of songs, a lot of mm -hmm. records. You can't get too excited because someone likes your music. You just send the music, make your best, and hope that when they're uh, figuring out their project, that whatever you created fits the vision that they're trying to execute. That's, you know, yeah. I, I definitely want to go into that, man, because, you know, a lot of people don't understand that process. Like, they think it's instant. They think, like, oh, man, we're in the studio, we're working, boom, there it goes. And they're like, you're talking about a record two years in the making. You know what I mean? Like, and really, during those two years, a lot of times there's not communication. Yeah, you know basically. what I'm saying? It's kind of like, all right, we're going to check it out. And then, you know, you might get a call, like, two months before it comes out. It's like, yeah, you know that record you're going to send? Yeah, we're going to use it. Now you got to deal with, like, have I sent that to somebody else? You know, it's, it's so much stuff that you know the the consumers don't know you know what i mean like about that type of stuff man um trying to think man where, where can we go next so we got we got the the lecrae situation uh, all the pk pk one day pk one day excuse me PK it's all one good. Day. we got a name change so so you know it's cool and so now there's another transition you know there's yeah. a transition where it's it's like you know what um i don't know if and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's kind of like you guys feel like, you know, I have a bigger calling than just one genre. You know yeah. what I mean? It yeah. was like, okay, what can we do to basically go back to what we were doing and reach more people? Yeah, you know I mean, I put it like this, man. I learned that once you kind of like surrender your dreams to God, he'll kind of give it right back to you. And so for me, you know, PK one day was rolling. We're doing shows producing on Grammy-nominated albums, producing on Stellar-nominated albums, double awards, all this. And all this is happening while I feel like the artist brand was growing. Mm -hmm. But in my heart, I know I always felt like I'm a producer first, and I feel more comfortable in the studio than the stage. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, around 2011, a good friend of mine, Sham Sakpase Joseph, who we used to have the same manager during the Rock City era, the 08, um, he basically, his career was moving, and he basically got on Watch the Throne. This is a year after he had done Man Down for mm -hmm. Rihanna, and he was just killing it. And he's, he's a good friend of mine, one of my best friends, actually. And we had a conversation like, yo, um, man, things are moving. This is like, I think a month after the album dropped. Mm -hmm. And he's like, ace, man, things are moving. And I feel like the work is coming faster than I can keep up with. <laughs> and we've actually produced um together before so mm -hmm. it was it wasn't like you know um it was it was a real genuine and organic process and he was like yo i would love um, for you to come alongside and help collaborate with me and build some of these records because again the work is coming so fast and mm -hmm. i can't handle all this at the time so um it was shout out to him it was a great look uh, we partnered up and um so I, I basically got back into production and not just limited to the Christian genre. Gotcha. But I, but I, I did it with a new a new thinking. Like now my heart and now my my motives were more pure at this time. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Whereas before it was like I was kind of laser focused on being a millionaire yeah, producer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's more like I love music. I am who I am, mm -hmm. but I feel like I can still you know be an inspiration to other people regardless of the kind of music I'm doing. So you know. Um, I'm trying to say this as clean as possible, but I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You know, people outside of music, looking in, they always have this, you know, frame of mind thinking that, you know, how can Christians be into, you know, music industry and what they're hearing, you know, and all of this stuff, right? And I, I don't know who I had this conversation with, um, but, you know, they really broke it down was like, I'm in a position to actually touch those people. You're not. You know what I mean? Like, you can't you can't have that conversation with these artists. But yeah. I can. Absolutely. And it's like, if you're in that position to actually talk to these artists, there's no telling what you guys can talk about. As opposed to, you know, somebody listening through the radio judging somebody off of their lyrics. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know. It, there's always going to be people that are quick to judge, but... For me, I think what's more important than what you do is why you do it. Mm -hmm. and, and and if there's a, a pure motive behind it, you can still be um, uh, a man of faith, even in a world that has content that's like uh, negative or mm -hmm. explicit. But as long as you have a pure motive and pure heart, you can kind of be an influence in that market. 
because shoot why not me why not me producing <laughs> exactly. these songs I mean, because yeah, I mean I, I feel like I'm, a, I'm able to be a light you know what I'm saying and yeah. just and just be an inspiration to people so that's the most important thing that yeah I'm, I, that's some that's that's a struggle man like that's a continuous struggle that and, and what I've learned is that you just have to let people be people you for know sure what I mean like for sure and that's on both sides. You got to let the artist be artist and you got to let the consumer be consumer. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, because people going to have their opinion. Like, that's one thing you can't take away from somebody is their opinion. Like, yeah. if that's your opinion, cool. I'm still going to do me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I still got to do what I'm going to do. Um, I know we, we, we went through some stuff. I know, y'all, we moving. We moving fast. We're on, like, a, a time limit. And so we're going to definitely do a part two at, at some time to, like, go a little more and in depth with some other stuff but um gonna bring us up to speed to like the i guess what the kid ink i think that's that's mm -hmm. one of the, the uh the major things the kid ink um placement mm -hmm. uh, on the song um with uh push your t mm -hmm. um off of in my what is it, in my own words the in my own words uh, I, I think it's uh, in my own in my, my own, own lane my own lane, my yeah. own lane. Yeah, the yeah. CD is right here. I could, I could. Shout out to Kidding. Shout out to Kidding, man. In my own lane. So like, you guys did the uh, you and Sham together did the uh, the murder track featuring Pusha T. Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about that session, man? I, I remember hearing like a thirty second snippet of it, and I was like, yo, this sounds pretty dope. And then it was like, yeah, I can't play no more. You know, he cut it off type thing. And um, but I I do remember hearing the record, not and, and I think at the time you didn't know where the record was gonna go i believe yeah i mean was. you know there, <laughs> there's so many records <laughs> that you might have out there recorded yeah or cut to but until they cut the check, check. it ain't cut <laughs> so anyway but yeah we, we me and sham did that track like maybe 2012 top of mm -hmm. the year oh excuse me 2013 mm -hmm. and it was dope we made that track right after we kind of 2012 was a great year. We made a lot of music, a lot of great anthemic, cinematic sounding music, great production, big production. But we kind of got to a space where we're like, man, I feel like the music is bigger than the projects that are requiring the music. Gotcha. So I came out to L.A. top of 2013 with the help of Sham and this other producer that works with him named Steve. He's a younger cat. He was like, man, y'all, y'all, um, y'all make beats like y'all in the laboratory. Y'all need to, man, these people don't want all them chord changes yeah 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 I mean there's a place for it right yeah. but for the sake of making music that gives the, the artist a space to just rap I mean y'all need to dumb it down y'all need down. to simplify it so we was like okay I'm not really a fan of that but how can I create music that's minimal but still tasteful mm -hmm. so we just got into the zone made like we made like we was making, we were making like three tracks a day three or four tracks a day and we were just going it was called it was, it was blitzing that's what that's we we go in we wouldn't think load up the beats load up sounds and just go just and i go. just started on this little drum pattern sham added some stuff and boom the beat was done in like an hour dope, dope. And, and that's it <laughs> and that was so how did the uh as far as the uh the push your teeth situation was that something that you guys had involvement in or it was like um i think kid ink um had mentioned um to sham that he wanted to to do a record with pusher and so, I mean, it just so happened that he picked he picked the record that we produced to put gotcha. Pusher on it. Gotcha, man. You know, um, what you were saying about <laughs> dumbing down the production, right? And, and this is coming from somebody that's always been a fan of your production and, and listened to you, your production grow over the years. I remember, man, like, you used to have, like, you can tell that you're a drummer because you would have, like, the crazy breakdowns and all the, the triplets and all of that with the hi-hats and the drums and all of that. And... It got to a point where you said, yeah, I man, I really got to, like, step back. And so, like, I think even from the first time you step back, you step back again. Because, like, if people were to hear some of the stuff that you got, you know, it's like you'll, you'll throw a lot of people off. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But just the fact that you have to... You have to keep you... the artist in mind when you're creating. Okay. Because you are giving them a canvas that they have mm -hmm. to paint on. If the, if the canvas got so many colors on it, there's no space for them to fit. I mean... We're not producing instrumentals, you know. Yeah, it's not it's, instrumental. It's fifty percent yeah. of the the song. So yeah, and, and I, through through development and growing, I had to learn, and it's a growing process. That at the end of the day, the the artist is the is is the spotlight. Mm -hmm. The beat is just the backdrop. 
So we have to create the canvas where the artist can paint their best picture. Yeah. And if it's a messy canvas, they, there's no room for them to paint. There's no room. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right on that, man. It's also just learning, like, people nowadays, man, they just want to loop. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's hip hop. That's, that's hip hop. Yeah, that's a, that that's is hip hop, man. Loops and, and you know, a, a break beat and, and some samples. That's yeah. it. That's, that's all, that's, you know, and. Yeah. And you allow the artist to do what they're going to do. And then, you know, you can kind of come back in the post-production phase and add, you know, Absolutely. add some stuff here, add some stuff there and kind of add your touch to it. But yeah, man, like you got to get them to rap on it first. Like if they don't cut to it, then it's just, you know, it's, it's like, oh, it's that's a, a great beat, but uh, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know that. what to do with it. Like, so, could you, yeah, simplify it. And, you know, especially being here in, in, in Atlanta, man, like we've really seen some simplifying of beats. Like, you know, and we, <laughs> you know, we came up, in the college area uh, er era of like when it was really like you know three notes and like a kick snare 808 you know what I mean like that was it and, and you know honestly during the time I, I it's just something as a producer you like you it's like you have to you, you don't love it but you know it's like you have to respect it because you gotta respect it, it's coming from a certain place you know what I mean it's coming from a certain place and it's like that's what that producer was feeling and like it or love it this crowd in here is moving to it so that's they're doing right. something right you know it's what i mean hip -hop, like man. it is it is hip-hop it is hip-hop and it's no different than during that time like you know in the golden era hip-hop it was a different sound that came through mm -hmm. and you know everybody didn't like you know that miami bass sound at one point in time but Absolutely. now that that sound is Atlanta pretty much you know what i'm saying like, like in, in halftime basically yeah so you know uh I get it. It's one of those things where I had to learn to appreciate, though, because I know I ain't going to front. Like, dude, I've been catching so much flack, man, on the DM lately because I've been posting a lot of future stuff. And I was like, ah, I mean, I, move that dope a dope record. I don't oh, care what you want to say. Like, the song hard. And I mean, it did. It, it took me a while to catch on to that, that future wave. And I'm not going to say that I'm still, like, 100% on the wave, but he made some good music. Like, these last two or three records that he put out, they undeniable to me. Like, move that dope, the... Even the record with Kanye, like uh, the yeah. trophy, like those melodies in there, man, you can't, you can't deny that. You just yeah, can't, you can't hard. deny it. I, I, so, I like that song a lot. And he got the record with with Three Stacks. Yeah. You know, I'm already a Three Stacks fan, man. So you know, you know how I feel about that, and can't wait till they actually make it to Atlanta. They did Counterpoint, um, and people keep saying that's Atlanta, but people, that's. 60 miles north yeah <laughs> it's not it's not atlanta but we'll take we'll take it for what it is man um what how far how far are we on that where we at 30, 37 minutes we at 37 all right so we, we'll get into um a few other things and then we'll wrap it up um want to talk about this this new project um that y'all have been working on justin paul a couple of what maybe a couple of days ago, or when it's come out, it might be a week or so. Well, well but I, I recently got this this CD from um, Ace, this artist Justin Paul, and um, Creme de la Crack, right? So I've been riding to it. It's really been the only thing been in the car. I, I purposely only listen to it in the car because some music you just got to ride to. You got to ride to. You got to feel it. And I'm listening to it, and you know, first off, kudos on the production. You guys really y'all found a a gem with this dude like and i'm listening to him and he really got something to say you know what i mean like he really has something to say and even the production behind it doesn't sound like y'all number one like mm -hmm. it sounds like you met this artist y'all sat down and had like a couple hour long conversations he told y'all what he wanted and y'all made it happen that's mm -hmm. what it feels like it feels like all three of y'all produce this you know what i'm saying that's yeah. what it feels like and um I know the general public may not know about this project just yet, uh, but definitely be on the lookout for Justin Paul. Like he and I, and I'm not saying this as a friend. I'm saying this just as a a connoisseur of hip hop. The music sounds good. Like he has, I think, what ten tracks, and um, man, I got a couple of favorites. I'm gonna go through a couple of them too, and you can kind of give me, you know, just the storyline behind how this stuff happened because you know they they don't know this guy just yet you know what i mean so we're, we're really just trying to provide some type of platform for for people to kind of go back to and do the research on them but like um 
the record Hollywood be that name. That's like track number two. First off, the intro. Let me let me go over the intro. We'll we'll go we'll go through <laughs> it because it's not that long of an album. It's ten yeah, it's cool. ten tracks. Um, it's like hit right up right up under thirty five minutes of music. But you know, um, track number one, it starts off like you know a symphony. You know, I felt like I'm I'm at Atlanta Orchestra or something. You know what I mean? And you listening to the music. Even my wife, my wife, like, what's that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it caught her attention. Like, she's big into, she like, she played the bass in, in um, high school. So she's kind of, she likes classical music. And so she heard it. She was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, it's this is, is Project Ace, you know, working on or whatever. And you're like, what? Like, you know, it caught her off guard because she know that y'all do, you know, like, hip hop. So it was like, she thought this was something else. So the start the project out, like, like what's the logic behind mm -hmm. that? Like I think, well, shouts out to Sham. Um, we had the record Hollywood be that name done, mm -hmm. but we knew that it's one of those kind of records that you just can't bring on. You have mm -hmm. to introduce it. But I think, uh, in contrast to what I said about producing and simplifying it, when you work with your own project mm. with your, with the artists that you're kind of developing and growing together, you have the opportunity and the free will to create. Um, I guess I call it a sonic. Uh, a sonic journey you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so that the music provides like a nice backdrop so the symf the symphony um part that we put in there was just to kind of like kind of separate the rest of the project from other type of rap music gotcha. so it's like i feel like you are sitting at like a carnegie hall mm -hmm. and watching this music being presented and performed that's kind of like the idea behind it and that, sham found a really great uh piece to piece it together yeah i mean it yeah. Man, it, it comes on great. Like I mean, it, it catches your attention immediately because for one, you know, if you if you guys can see just the packaging, it already puts you in a certain place. And then when you pop it in and listen to the music, it's on some, like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Like I was expecting something different. You know what I mean? But then when you hear that, like to bring on a project like that, and like some of the lines, I, I'm I, I don't even want to do the quotables because I don't want to misquote them. But like one of the first lines that you hear. Is um, I see it? some dudes that rolled joints, joints in Bible, in Bible paper. paper. Yeah, and it was like, and he said like how it made him feel. It was like a natural reaction. It was like, you know, we both Christian, like we both love the Lord, but it's like you got to be real. Like everybody don't see life like that. Absolutely. So it's like some people, to them, that's nothing. Like oh man, it's the closest thing I got to rolling papers. Like whatever, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like roll up them songs, cause yeah, like rolling up the songs, and it's like and, and to see that, and then like for him to paint that picture is like it kind of it just hits you. You know what I'm saying? Like this dude know exactly the the vibe of where he wanted to set the tone at on this project. Are you are you playing a little bit of it? What no, no, I, oh. I just I just um. Control S and right okay. quick. Oh yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, we're gonna go through a couple more of these joints. Um. I'm trying, I, I still don't know my favorite yet on the project. And that's for good reason, because I, I really ride to a lot. Like, I, I do love the Hollywood Be Thy Name. Um, I think Kingdom, the Kingdom record is hard. The dude caught me off guard, because I thought it was Ye for a second. <laughs> I thought it was Ye for a second. Yeah. I was like, this dude, like, he really, he got the same, you know. And I, and I say that, that, that's kudos to him. It's not like abiding, mm -hmm. but it, it just felt like it, they were in the same vein of, you know, mm -hmm. for that project. Kingdom. And um, even the, uh, the uh, I don't know, is that just double X or how it's pronounced, yeah. 20, I don't know. But, like, the way he ended that, I was like, it just had you thinking. Like, that's how people really feel. Like, you know, like, she found the Lord and Jesus Christ come between us. <laughs> I was like, hold on. Like, I had to rewind it back. Because it's like, it's one of those lines, dude, where it's like, it's so real. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's yeah. so real. It's so real. It's, it's very real. It's, very, it, real. it's very real, man. Um... I'm trying to think what else we got on here the uh roll i think rolling up piedmont is probably the most um sonically um how do i want to say? it's the most sonically um inviting record for an mm -hmm. atlanta ear absolutely you know what i mean like it's absolutely. it's that record that if nobody else in Atlanta rock with any record, they'll rock with that because it's like it feels like Atlanta, you know. What I mean? Even, but it's still done in its own way. But mm -hmm. it feels like you know mm -hmm. something that we can ride to, like the bass in and even the the um, some of the auto tune on the hook and yeah. you know yeah. the screwing of the voice at the end of the record. But I, I think for me, 
probably I'm trying to remember how Castellan and Macon sound. I know I love the Kennedys though. The Kennedy that that's one of my favorite ones too. Um but just the creation of these records. Just yeah. Like what was the the time frame? Like how long have you guys been working on this project? Man, this project is like uh it's been in, it's been in the works for a minute. Justin's a a really unique writer mm -hmm. and he kind of he writes his albums kind of like an author would write a book. Okay. You know what I mean? So a lot of these concepts and ideas, a lot of these lines, a lot of these subject ma subject, uh, a lot of this subject matter was started in like 2012, 2011. Mm. And he had done a few songs with Sham in 2012 that some of the lyrics were kept, but some of the music was reproduced. reproduced. Okay. And just, he just had an, a vision for, like, uh, to let the cat out of the bag just a little bit. The original name for that project was called Champagne, the Champagne for Pain. This mm -hmm. ha and he wrote that title before, um, before uh, Watch the Throne drop, mm -hmm. before Otis was even written. So it was like he always, he he's already, he's, he's already, already kind of in that kind of vein in terms of yeah. like, I call it luxury rap, but, but it, it's, but, yeah, yeah, it, it, it just is. But he's like, he's like an artist that he's telling his story about. The, the pursuit of life mm -hmm. in the in the midst of our vices but he's very honest with it yeah you know what i'm saying he comes from a place where like yeah i recognize that i'm not the best person but man these women these chicks mm -hmm. this this allure of the game is so enticing so he, he writes about that perspective in such a real way and i feel like man it's almost like watching a um a nice like a nice film you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean it it the project plays almost like a film like it, it plays like and, and it only comes in on the 35 minutes and you know at times i, I kind of wish it was longer but i think it was just enough to kind of get to know him you know what i mean like it, it was perfect on on his story you know what i mean as mm -hmm. opposed to you know i'm sure he could have easily put like three more records on there and it kind of used as fillers but it was like now let me condense it and really give you a, a short glimpse of me and you can listen to it, and after you listen to it, you really know him as an artist, as Absolutely. opposed to, you know how it is with music. A lot of times, you know, mm -hmm. you don't learn the artist. <laughs> you just don't. You, you don't. know, there's no cleaner way to say it. It's just sometimes you just don't learn the artist, man. So, um, I, I am interested in the world hearing this project because I think that they're gonna feel very similar to how we felt on it. Um, how did you, you guys meet? I met Justin Paul through Sham. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he Sham had worked with him. And I just, you know, since 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 I worked real close with Sham, um, you know, any project that he he thought was dope, I, I definitely came I along board. But me and Justin, when Sham when Sham moved to L.A., me and Justin were kind of in Atlanta. We kind of built really a really good rapport, and we would just go in. He'll write hooks. He'll write raps, like the the Double X record. Mm -hmm. Um, he had the story he wanted to tell, and he'll he'll play me like a. A clip from like a movie which he did actually some old like 1970s movie yeah he played a snippet of some of the music and he's like yo i need i need i need to feel like i need to, the beat to feel like this to tell this story so, so. he's very hands-on with the the creative process of he, he has, knows he has he very wants. great taste and visually sonically he knows what he wants to do that's and as an artist that's the most important yeah thing. That was, that's you know, there's nothing better than an artist that knows exactly where they want to go and they and just I, need their I, help to get there. I think, well, I think like you know, I I never call myself the best producer, but I strive to be the best Ace Harris I can be. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna, I'm see, he he probably won't toot his own horn, so I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I think Justin Paul like is gonna be one of the most groundbreaking rap artists in the next like one or two years. Like he's Dope. that special. Yeah, you got my cosign, dude. Yeah. Like I mean, I. I, if you go in my car right now and, and turn on my radio, that's what's on there. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm still riding to the project. So, you know what I mean? I, I definitely can't wait. I really can't wait to get a chance to sit down and talk with him, man, and just hear his perspective of, you know, of, of the project. Um, yeah. Just to see what's going on. But I know, man, we got we to wrap this thing up, man. Uh, and we're not in the den. If we were in the den right now, I would um, have this vinyl conversations. And you're not a rapper per se, so I don't know if we could do it, but I'm trying to think of a way we can still kind of tie it in. But I'll give you the, the background of it, man. Like we have crates of records, so you just dig into crates, find three records, and tell a story off of those three records. You know what I mean? Um, so we don't have that, so I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll 
skip that for now. We'll we'll come back to it later. But and you know we usually end on a freestyle, so um, you don't have to do a freestyle. I'm not I'm not <laughs> um, pressuring you to do a freestyle. But if you're a producer, if you want to play some music, we could do that or whatever you want to do or leave us with some words. It's on, it's it's totally up to you. You get the break because you're the producer, and you're not getting a break because you're my my homeboy. It's just because you're not a rapper. If you're a rapper and you come to the oh, end, you gotta give us some bars. Um, well, you know, um, I, I would play y'all a quick snippet of the Hollywood Be That Name record. Um, not necessarily the. I, I just wanna play all the instrumental because I think it's special. Um, and hopefully that'll help whet the appetite a little bit in terms of what we do and what we try to bring to the table. Cool, man. That's uh, dope, man. I can't wait for y'all actually to hear the whole project, man, and just see how it sounds. But in the meantime, just enjoy that that uh, short snippet. Um, but hey, man, I, I appreciate the time, bro. I appreciate you hosting me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm in your spot yeah. today, so you know I appreciate that. But uh, definitely, man, we got to come back and do part two and do a little more in debt. Um, some other stuff. I guess we can. We'll have a more um, a more homeboy talk. Oh yeah, we <laughs> you know, do that. We, we'll do that next go round. We wanted to get the important stuff out now for people to get to know you as a producer, man. Um, but hey, it's Jay Good straight out the den. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at str the number eight o u t d a d e n. Make sure you subscribe, please subscribe to the Straight Out the Den podcast on iTunes. There's a link um, on the website everywhere. Just go and type in Straight Out the Den on iTunes. It'll pop up. Subscribe, comment, rate podcast um leave some 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 good words for us man we appreciate it ace give us that twitter man how people can contact you um you can reach me at ace harris music um that's my twitter or you can uh my website ace harris music.com instagram ace harris music basically ace harris music you'll everything find it. That, that's the best way to be man well i appreciate your time bro all right brother cool, all right, cool thank man. you for having me straight out the den Just right, tune bro. in there we go we out